I am Gerald Cantor, 34 years old, husband to me and father to our one-year-old daughter named Anaya. I am recipients of God's miraculous and life-changing love. I was 12 years old when my father threw me out of the house because of my rough character. I was forced to live and survive in the street at a very early age. I was, it was during this time when I came to meet the Supreme Master of a fraternity. I couldn't, be, I couldn't be a member yet because I was too young, but I constantly joined them when they used drugs and in almost all of their gang fights. It was during, during a gang fight in Balara, Quezon City, when I first experienced stabbing someone and another one. This incident stopped me from caring for the kind of life that I have and where it will bring me. All I knew then was that I hated my father so much and that my only goal in life was to be known in every corner of Marikina. After a few months, I found out that my father left my mom for another woman. This was my opportunity to go back home, but nothing changed. I even felt a deeper and greater anger for my father. I couldn't stand being home. I spent more time in the street, drinking alcohol with my brothers and the fraternity, doing drugs, getting into trouble after trouble, gang fights almost every week. My life was such a waste. Until one day, I found out that the police are hunting me for a double murder case that I committed when I was just 12 years old. I went to Laguna to hide. Every time I go back to Marikina, I have to pass through the windows and walk on roofs for the fear that the policemen might be waiting outside our house. This made me hate my father even more. I blame him for every suffering I had to go through. At 14 years old, I tried to live a normal life it was then that I met a couple through whom I felt parental love, especially the love of a father. They made me feel important and made me realize that there is hope in life. They first shared the word of God to me. It was also during this time when I was caught by, a, by the police and put to jail. The worst three years of my life happened there. In 1997, through the help of DSWD, I was released because I was just 17 years old. I felt grateful to God for giving me a second chance, but my heart remained unchanged. I even became the president of our fraternity. I had to be tougher in the eyes of my brothers. We got involved into more street fights until one day. I could hardly believe it when my fraternity brothers left me in the middle of a big fight. I was left all alone being ganged up by our enemies. I thought it was my end. I was overwhelmed with the danger I was, I was faced with. I didn't know that the, uh, what to do except to finally call for the first time the name of Jesus. I remember what my couple friends used to tell me, that everyone in this world may someday leave me behind, but not God. He will never leave me nor forsake me. Miraculously, I was able to escape my attackers. After that unforgettable experience, I have decided to turn my back against my fraternity brothers and turn to Jesus. I wanted to change and become a better person, but I still could not surrender everything to God because I still kept my anger towards my father. I didn't know that it was God who continued to change me. God sent someone who, who convinced me to enroll in the alternative learning system, where I became the student of a pastor. He was the one who modeled me an admirable quality of Christ-like person. That is why I could not turn him down when he invited me to join an outdoor youth camp in my high laguna. I came to learn more of how Christians should live. I realized that the ultimate way to survive in this world is by obeying the Word of God. After the camp, I became active in the youth ministry of CCF East. And on March of 2003, during a leadership training, I finally surrendered everything to God. 
I was able to declare my wholehearted forgiveness for my father. Before this day, I thought freedom was just being out of prison cell. It was after this training that I felt true essence of freedom when my heart was finally freed from anger, bitterness, and unforgiveness. A few months before my wedding day in 2010, I was able to meet up again with my father. It was only then that I had a wonderful and unforgettable bonding with him. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things pass away. Behold, new things have come. Jesus erased the old me and changed me into someone new. God never stopped to use me in the youth ministry and music ministry in Sisep Taitai. Years after and through the help of, of some brothers in Christ, I was enrolled in a Bible school and by God's grace will graduate this year. <clears throat> Now, my wife and I are part of the Council of Servants in CCF Binangonan, where I also serve as the Youth Coordinator for Elevate. We also serve as house parent in Gabay Salandas Foundation, where we take care of 30 scholars and give parental love and care to 19 in-house children who also used to live darkened lives in the street. Just like Moses, I was once a murderer, but by God's grace alone, he is using me to lead his children out of darkness and into his light. To God be all the honor, praises, and glory. Praise God. Do you believe that God is in the business of changing lives? He's in the business of setting the captives free. And from his testimony, we can see that being bound or being in prison is not just the physical prison, but it could be anger, it could be emotional prison, it could be whatever that is hindering you from going into or fulfilling the, the purpose of God in your life. And we have learned in the past that, you know, that God is in the process of changing people. And uh, in the life of Moses, we can see that when he went through the wilderness experience, it was an experience that God has designed for him to be used by the Lord. We have been talking about the book of Exodus. And from what we heard this morning is that freedom is exiting from the bondage that we were into. Okay, I do not know with you, but I was once bound, but God has set me free. I'm sure many of us, we were once bound, we were once in prison, but I'm sure that God has set you free. However, there are still a lot of people that up to now, they are in the, they're still bound and the Lord is still working in their lives. So if we take a quick review of what we have learned for the past two weeks, we have learned that many people are in bondage, but God wants to set us free. True and real freedom can only be found in Jesus Christ only. We have also learned that God is faithful to his covenant. Just like the covenant that he had with Abraham and the people of Israel, God was faithful in making sure that his promises are fulfilled. And we can see that in the book of Exodus, God began to show his love into his people. Amen? We have also learned that things does not happen by chance. Everything is orchestrated by the Lord. He is a sovereign God and he knows what he's doing. It's just things just don't happen. Okay? They are planned because of God has a purpose and a plan for our lives. And just like Moses, many people undergo certain things in their lives. Many people go through wilderness or even humbling experience in their lives. But as God is molding them to be the person God wants us to be. And God has a way of calling our attention. As we go through the wilderness experience, most often God is going to speak to us. God is going to talk to us. God is going to unveil his plan for our lives. So when we go through wilderness experience in our lives, it's not the end of it. 
because God is molding our characters so that God can use us for his glory. Okay, we have seen that the life of Moses is divided actually into three forties. The first 40 years was when he had his palace training. He was adopted by the daughter of Pharaoh and that 40 years was a year wherein he was trained on how to become a prince. Okay, and, uh, and the daughter of Pharaoh knows that he came from a Hebrew family and by that time, Moses must have assimilated the ways of the Egyptians already. And the next 40 years was the years where he went through wilderness training in his life. We learned last Sunday that in the wilderness, God has to humble Moses. God has to make him unlearn the things that he has learned from, from Egypt. And the third 40 years of his life, we will see as we go through the book of Exodus, we will see how God has used Moses mightily in setting the, his people free. Amen? Okay, let's go to Exodus chapter 3. We'll start from verse 1. Now Moses, we have partly touched this last Sunday, was pasturing the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. The angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire and from the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush was burning with fire, yet the bush was not consumed. So Moses said, I must turn aside now and see this marvelous sight, why the bush is not burned up. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, here I am. You know, God has a way of calling our attention. I know that many of us are busy. The busyness of this world oftentimes would, would pull us out from our uh, communication with God. But you know, God has a way of calling our attention. Then he said, do not come near here. Remove your sandals from your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. We have learned last Sunday that where the presence of God is, that place becomes holy. And more so when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal Lord and Savior, the presence of God resides in us. Okay, in fact, the Bible says that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, meaning our bodies become holy. We are holy in the sight of the Lord. He said also, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Then Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Malachi 3 verse 6 says, I am the Lord, I change not. So we can see here that God is eternal. Who God was before is the same God we have today and the same God that we'll have tomorrow. The Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have given heed to their cry because they're taskmasters, for I am aware of their sufferings. The Lord said, So I have come down to deliver them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanite, the Hittite, and the Amorite, and the Perizzite, and the Hivite, and the Jebusites. The very reason why God wanted to bring his people out of Egypt, it's because God wanted to bring the children of Israel into a big and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And you know, the very reason why God wanted to set us free is for God to give us eternal life, is for us to give us better life. But sad to say, some people are already, they got used to being in bondage. And sometimes many people don't even know that they are in bondage. Why? They got used to it. But the Lord is promising us this morning that God, he wanted to set us free because he wanted us to bring into a spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey. 
Who wants that? Nobody? Everybody, right? That's the very reason why God is setting us free. Because he wanted to bring us into a land, a spacious land. In Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 to 14, it says, For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Just like Jay, what's his name? Jay? Let's call him Jay from the testimony earlier. We can see that God has transferred him from the dominion of darkness. What is that dominion? The dominion of murder, the dominion of hatred, the dominion of anger. And God has transferred him into the kingdom of light. I don't know about you, but God wanted to transfer you from that dominion, from that darkness, from that bondage. He wanted you to transfer into his kingdom. I remember a few years back, me and my son were on our way to California City and we figured into an accident in the deserts out there. And we were waiting for somebody to rescue, to rescue us. We called AAA, AAA can find us. They said, what's your exact location? I said, well, I do not know. For I know I am somewhere here in the desert in California City. So we were there for more than four hours waiting for somebody to rescue. Just imagine the feeling that you have when you are in the middle of the desert from nowhere. You're going to turn your car because you figured into an accident. I was with my little boy and I don't know what to do. I don't know if you experienced that, but you know the feeling that you are trapped somewhere waiting for somebody to rescue is a horrible experience, right? So God is there. He wanted to rescue us. And you know when the rescue came, we were so happy. We were glad. We were, I, I wanted to, it was a happy feeling. So I don't know with you. When God rescued you, you just cannot help but tell everybody how God has set you free. Right? Now behold, in Exodus 3.9, let's continue. The cry of the sons of Israel has come to me. Furthermore, I have seen the oppression in which the Egyptians are oppressing them. So we have learned that God is a God who sees our situation. He knows what we are going through. He knows our problems. He knows our troubles. And God said that I will come down and, and release my people from the oppression of the Egyptian. Therefore, take a look at this. What's the reason why I went back to this verse? God said, I have seen their oppression. And God promised Moses that I will set the people free. But look at the next verse. Therefore, come now, and I will send you to Pharaoh, so that you may bring my people, the sons of Israel, sons of Israel out of Egypt. Didn't you notice that there was a conflict? The few verses back, it says, I have come down. Right? God promised Moses, I have come down to set the people free. Why all of a sudden, in verse 10, there was a twist? Now God is telling Moses, I will send you to Pharaoh. Didn't you notice? Didn't you notice the twist in the conversation between God and Moses? 
when I was reading this one, when I was studying this one, the Lord impressed upon my heart that God's method is different. You know, God can use anybody or anything to accomplish His purpose. But you know, one of the things that I can see here is that God uses people. God could have used a monkey to set the people free. Do you believe God can do that? I think so, because he's a sovereign God. In fact, in the New Testament, Jesus said that if you do not worship, I will have these stones worship. In fact, the conversion of Saul to Paul, God used the donkey. But generally, God wants to use people to accomplish his purpose. Why is that? This is what I believe. Number one, God is a God of relationship. The very reason why God is wanted to use people is because God wanted us to have close relationship with other people. He doesn't want us to be soplado with other people. God wants to use you. Second, just imagine if it were a monkey who's leading the people out of Israel of Egypt. How do you think will the conversation be? I do not know. Just imagine the monkey will talk to the children of Israel. Hoo, hoo. Hoo, do you like that? No. Tell the person next to you and say, God wanted to use you. Do you believe that? Are you sure? Okay, let's see. Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20, it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, you know, last will and testament or the last, you know, when you have a relative, a parent who is on his dying bed, you know, his or her last words are very important, right? And normally we make sure that the last words are accomplished. Or would do that. You know what? When Jesus, just before he ascended into heaven, he had these last words to his disciples. And these last words are also given not only to the disciples, but also to you and to me. So Jesus is saying, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, regardless whether they're Filipino, they're American, they're African. God is telling us that we need to reach out to our friends. We need to reach out to our office mates. We need, we need to reach out to our neighbor, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And what is important is we teach them to observe. This is the essence or this is the concept of discipleship. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And there is a very unique promise that Jesus has given us. He said, and lo, I am with you even to the end of the age. You know, many, many people want to be blessed. Who wants to be blessed? We all want to be blessed, right? Now, if you want to be blessed, this is the promise. And lo, I am with you. Do you believe that if God is with us, blessings will follow us? We have studied the life of Joseph. And the Bible says that the Lord was with him and Joseph prospered. If you jump to the book of Daniel, it says there that the Spirit of God or God was with Daniel and God blessed him. You want to be a blessing? 
You want to be a blessing? Be a discipler. Disciple others. Because this is the promise that Jesus has given us. And lo, I am with you. Let me clarify, blessing is not just money. Blessing is having good health. Or blessing is even if you have sickness, you can still smile and say praise God. Right? Blessing is not only money. Blessing is sometimes you don't have any and yet you can still thank God because you are contented. Having good relationship is a blessing. Your family is a blessing. Your spouse is a blessing. Turn to your spouse and say, if you have a spouse, huh? tell your spouse, you are a blessing. Your children, they are a blessing from the Lord. Your parents, they are blessings from the Lord. Amen? And lo, I am with you, even to the end of the age. My topic for this morning, that was just an introduction. Okay. When God speaks, don't make excuses. When God speaks, don't make excuses. People make excuses. I make excuses. I don't know if it's just me. What are the most common excuses that we hear? I have no time. I'm too busy, it's too far, I'm tired, what else? It's traffic, what else? I have work tomorrow, I don't know how to do it. We just have too many excuses, right? And you know, excuses are common conversation that we hear every day. Excuses. 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 I was talking to my wife this morning. I don't Never mind. Okay. Baka maingit lang kayo eh. Okay. Moses, when Moses was in front of the bush, and when God was talking to Moses, Moses made several excuses. You think Moses was a perfect person? No. Right? In fact, Moses was initially a murderer because he killed that Egyptian who was arguing with the Hebrew, the Hebrew child. Okay, and Moses was there. And he killed that, that Egyptian. And what will you do if you are in front of Mr. Obama and Mr. Obama is asking you to do something? What's going to be your, your response? Yes, sir. Right? Even in front of our boss. Our boss would ask us to do something, yes, sir. Or sometimes we will say, consider it done. But now, this Moses, he was in front of God. God was talking to him. God was asking him, go to Pharaoh. And yet, Moses was making excuses. Okay, so let's look at the first excuse of Moses. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 11, But Moses said to God, What did he say? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the sons of Israel out of Egypt? 
Sometimes God is asking us to do something, right? What are the things that maybe God is asking us to do? Can you talk to that person? Can you, de- can you lead a small group? Or probably God is telling us, do you like to give up your cigarettes? Or probably God is telling us, since your girlfriend is not a Christian, do you like to give up your girlfriend? I remember, I don't know if I've shared this already to you, but I remember a long time ago, I think about three or four years ago, I was riding in a bus. And there was this lady, an old lady, who jumped into the bus She's carrying a lot of grocery bags with her. And she was trying to get money to pay for the bus fare. But since she's got a lot of things in her hands, okay, the bus was already running and she still cannot find her dollar fifty. And the Lord was telling me, Go, pay for the fare of that old lady. I was so stubborn. What I did was I pretended to be sleeping. And you know what? Up to this day, I am always reminded of that experience. Learning from that experience. Why? Because when God tells us to do something, we need to what? To pay attention. We need to obey. And oftentimes, we have excuses. Or it's just me and Moses. Right? So if God is telling us to do something, lead the discipleship group. Share my grace to your co-worker. Oftentimes, just like Moses. Lord, sino ako? Who am I? Who am I? Didn't you remember that Moses was a prince of Egypt? And all of a sudden when asked him, when God asked him to do, Moses replied, who am I? And oftentimes when we go through wilderness experience in our lives, humbling experience, we experience failure, we lose that confidence in us. Lord, I can't do that anymore. I was such a failure before. Lord, I don't want to lead a small group because before when I attempted to share the word of God to my office mate, she said no. Sometimes the Lord is asking us to pray for our office worker who is sick. Lord, I cannot do that. Eh, papano kung mamatay? We have a lot of excuses. Who am I? Amen? Okay, so let's move on. And he said, Certainly I will be with you. And this shall be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you shall worship God at this mountain. God replied to Moses, Certainly I will be with you. What if, Lord, I don't feel you? Okay? We always have 101 reasons or excuses. Now let's move on. So God promised Moses that I will be with you. And in fact, God gave him a sign. God said that, you know, when you bring out the children out of Egypt, you will go back to this mountain and what? You will worship God. Moses, unfortunately, had a second excuse. Okay, and what is that excuse? Exodus chapter 3, verse 13. Then Moses to God, Behold, I am going to the sons of Israel, and I will say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. Now they may say to me, What is his name? 
What shall I say to them? You see, Moses lost all of the confidence. And in fact, when God was telling him to go to Egypt, he was saying first, who am I? Second is, who are you, God? People need to have assurance. Right? And in fact, when, we, when our boss would ask us to do something, sometimes we would follow depending who is saying. Why? Baka mali ang ginagawa ko. So Moses was asking God, God, who are you? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, I am has sent me to you. What is I am? Now I, look at, I looked up the meaning of I am that I am in the Strong's Dictionary. And it is a Hebrew. In Hebrew, it says, Eheye Asher. Meaning, I am that I am, or self-existent one, or the eternal one, who has always been and always will be. It is shortened here to I am, equivalent to Jehovah, or we sang earlier, Yahweh, the eternal. You know, in the olden days, they cannot even pronounce the word Yahweh. That's why they dropped the, the, the vowels. Okay? And in fact, the scholars, Bible scholars would say that when, when they were translating the Bible, before they write the word Yahweh, they would use new set of pen and ink. Why? Because that word is so sacred. That word is so holy that they are very careful to mention that name. In Psalms 90 verse 2, it says, Before the mountains were born, born, or you brought forth the whole world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Before this earth was formed, there was God. Before anything else, there was God. He was self-existent. Nobody created God. He was from the beginning. Isaiah 43 verse 10, If you are my witnesses, or you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I have chosen, so that you may know and believe me, and understand that I am He. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be anyone after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no Savior. In Revelations 1 verse 8, God declares that I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come. He is called the Almighty. Hebrews 13.8 says that I am the same, or Jesus Christ is the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't it exciting to note that we have a God who does not change? Just imagine, just imagine if God changes his mind every so often. It's very awful, right? But I'm glad that we have a God who does not change. And in Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, it says, For I am the Lord. In some translation, it says, I am Yahweh. I do not change. God never changes. And His power has never changed. The same power that created this universe, the same power that brought out the children of Israel out of bondage, 
is the same power that is available for you and for me. The same power that can set you and me out of the bandage, out of our vices, out of our sicknesses, out of the sin that we are into. Let's move on. Exodus chapter 3, verse 15. God furthermore said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the sons of Israel, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial name to all generations. So God is instructing Moses, that when you introduce my name to my people, you are to tell them that I am the God of their fathers and I will be the God of their generations. God is a generational God. Whatever generation we are into, He is the same God and He is the same God who has rescued the people out of Egypt and brought them out of, brought them into the spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. And God further says in Exodus 3.19, But I know that the king of Egypt will not permit you to go, except under compulsion. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles which I shall do in the midst of it. And after that, he will let you go. I will not further delve into this one because our succeeding Sundays, we will look in detail the miracles that God has performed when they were trying to bring out the children of Israel out of Egypt. I will grant these people favor in the sight of Egyptians, and it shall be that when you go, you will not go empty-handed. You know, when God calls you, when God asks you to do something, one of the things that I learned from God and from experience is that God will not let you go empty-handed. He, is, he will always equip you. He will always give you all the things that you need. Look at verse 22. But every woman shall ask of her neighbor and the woman who lives in her house articles of silver and articles of gold and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. Thus you will plunder the Egyptians. I see here that there's going to be a transfer of wealth. You see, it was the Egyptians who had all the wealth in the world. But when they left out of Egypt, the Bible says that the people of Israel, you know, they were just slaves. But when they left Egypt, they were rich. They were rich. They have all the silver and gold. They have all the necklaces. They have all the earrings. So there was a transfer of wealth from the unrighteous to the chosen people of God. Now, Moses already had two excuses. Unfortunately, Moses had a third excuse. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 2. Then Moses said, What if they will not believe me or listen to what I say? For they may say, The Lord has not appeared to you. The Lord said to him, What is it in your hand? And he said, A staff. Moses is so makuls, right? Makulit, do you have kids who are so makuls? Or just like I remember when I was in elementary, the teacher will say, Okay, class, we'll have a quiz. Get uh, half paper lengthwise. Ma'am, half paper. Okay, makulit, you know? Same is true with Moses. God already told Moses what to do. And yet, hear Moses again saying, God, what if they don't believe me? Did that happen to you? When I, was asked, when I was asked to handle a small group in Burbank, I told Pastor Danny, Pastor Danny, I don't think I can do that. 
Okay, Pastor Danny, the, the people that you're asking me to handle, they're more mature than I am. I don't think so that they will follow me. So God is asking us to do something. Lord, what if I fail? God is asking us to handle a small group. Lord, I don't know the Bible. I am not, I am not a Bible school graduate. I don't know about those Hebrew things. He has an excuse. And God told us, Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? And what did God say? What did Moses say? A staff. Then he said, throw it on the ground. So he threw it on the ground and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from, from it. You know, the stuff in the olden days when you're a shepherd represents your security. It represents something that you hold on. What is our security in life? Are we secure because of our bank account? Are we secure because of our assets? Are we secured because of our college degrees? Are we secured because we came from a rich family? And God was asking Moses, what is it that you have in your hand? And the same question that God is asking you right now. What is it that you are holding on that you feel secured? I do not know. But what did God instructed Moses? Throw that rod or throw that stuff on the ground. And what did Moses do? Did he threw it on the ground. And what happened? It became a serpent. Right? And what was the next instruction? Pick it up. Pick it up. Now, for those of you who, who are trained to, in the jungle, okay, we know for the fact that you cannot pick up a snake from the tail. You need to pick up the snake on the head, not on the tail. Why? Because if you pick up a snake from the tail, what will, what will it do? it will come back and bite you. You know, sometimes God would ask us to do weird things. Why is that? Mainly because God is not bounded by logic. God is not bounded by our limitation. So when he picked up the snake from the tail, what happened to the snake? It became a rod again. So whatever that we are, we feel secured, if we throw it on the feet of Jesus, God is going to turn it around, perform miracles out of the things that we have. I remember one preacher said, if what you have in your hand is not enough, Turn it into a seed faith. What is that seed faith? Anything that you're holding on, give it to God. And you know what? If you will jump to verse 20 of Exodus. Verse 20. So Moses took his wife and his sons and mounted them on a donkey and returned to the land of Egypt. Moses also took the staff of God in his hand. Initially, God asked him, what do you have? He said it was a rod. But if we jump to verse 20, it says that Moses took the staff of God. It used to belong to Moses. But God said, the Bible says, it became a staff 
what are we holding on in our lives? Even it is little, God is going to use it for His purpose. Amen? But the Lord said to Moses, stretch out your hand and grasp it. That they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Wow, what happened? Okay, the Lord furthermore said to him, Now put your hand into your bosom, or bosom, and he put, it on, and he put his hand into his bosom, and when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous, like snow. Then he said, Put your hand into your bosom again. And he put his hand into his bosom again, and when he, he took it out, out of his bosom, Behold, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. In short, when he was asking God, because he already lost that confidence because of his wilderness experience, God showed him some miracles for him to gain not self-confidence, but God-confidence. And in fact, that's the reason also why God wanted us to go through wilderness experience. So that we will lose that self-confidence that we have. We will lose that pride that we have. And so that we will be dependent on God. From self-confidence, God gave him God-confidence. Makulit, you know? Unfortunately, there's another fourth excuse. There's another fourth excuse. So what is the fourth excuse of Moses? Then Moses said to the Lord, Please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither recently nor in time past, nor since you have spoken to your servant, for I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So Moses gave him all the things that he needed. And Moses again said, Lord, I can't speak well. I am not eloquent. Probably saying, God, I will stutter. Especially when I am in front of these people. I will get nervous. Lord, I am shy. Lord, I am shy. I can't do it. Excuses. What is your excuse? So that's what happened to Moses. He was bargaining before God. He said, Lord, I cannot do it. The Lord said to him, Who has made man's mouth? Or who makes him mute or deaf? Or seeing or blind? Is it not I, the Lord, Lord, I can't speak. But God said, who made the mouth? Isn't it I, the Lord? I am too shy. I don't know what to say. That's why in Matthew, the Bible says that, Lo, I am with you. God promised his presence to be upon each and every one of us. Same is true with the life of Moses. God promised him that he will be with him. And yet, Moses has many excuses. Now then go, and I, even I will be with your mouth and teach you what are to say. Imagine, God told Moses, I will be with your mouth and I will even teach you what to say. And yet, Moses still got another excuse. Okay, and what is that excuse? But he said, please, Lord, now send the message by 
whoever you will. Moses ran out of excuses and finally he said, Lord, please, somebody else. Some of us will even go to God, Lord, here I am. Send him. You know, if you remember, what was the reason why Moses killed that Egyptian? He was defending the Hebrew slave. And remember in previous Sundays, I told you that probably when he was growing up, his mother discipled him and told him that, you know, it is not chance that, you know, you will be studying in the best universities in Egypt. Probably God is going to use you to deliver the people out of Egypt. Moses had already that inkling that God has called him to deliver the people out of Egypt. But what was the difference here? The first one, Moses was doing it by himself. Many times when we do things, the very reason why it fails, it's because we want to go ahead of God. That was a failure. Why? He went ahead of God's timetable. And you know what? The moment we go out of God's will, the moment we go out of God's timetable, it's going to be a mess. And because of that, God has to lead Moses to the wilderness. Why? So that Moses will learn to unlearn the things that he had learned before. And many times the things that are hindering us, it's because of the wrong mindsets that we have. And when we go through that wilderness experience, God wants us to unlearn those wrong mindsets. Because those wrong mindsets will hinder the purpose and plan of God in our lives. But in here, God is already commissioning Moses for him to go and deliver the children out of Israel. And what happened? When God was already commissioning him, now he was reluctant to do it. Why? Because he felt that it was a failure. He felt that he is no longer nobody. He even asked God, God, who am I? Now I'm surprised God did not tell Moses, Moses, you are the prince of Egypt. God did not answer Moses, Moses, you are the leader. No. What was God's answer? I am going to be with you. The Bible says that God uses the foolish things or the base things of this world to confound the wise. God will use ordinary people. You don't have to be educated to be used by the Lord. You don't have to be a pastor for you to be used by the Lord because God uses ordinary people. Some people don't want, into, don't want to step into that, to, that, to that calling that God has given them. Why? Because they lack the title. God does not need your title. God needs your heart. God needs our obedience. All we need to say is, yes, Lord. So when God speaks, make sure we pay attention. When God speaks, make sure we get rid of all of those excuses. Because in the end, whatever happens, it is God's purpose who will accomplish. It is God's will. In fact, if you're not willing, God will use anything and you will lose that opportunity. So Moses said, please, Lord, now send the message by whomever you will. This is a very strong verse. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Moses. And he said, Is there not your brother Aaron the Levite? I know that he speaks 
fluently. And moreover, behold, he is coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. We don't want to wait for the anger of the Lord to be upon us. But you know what? One thing nice when God gets angry. In Exodus, no, this is Psalms 4.11. He says, for his anger is but for a moment. He is not God that when he's angry, he's going to throw you immediately in hell. Like the testimony earlier, God is a God of second chances. God gets angry, but the Bible says it is but for a moment. And one thing nice is that his favor is what? Is for a lifetime. Weeping may last for the night, but a shout of joy comes in the morning. I know in CCF, we have no excuses. I know when God calls us to join a discipleship group, we have no excuses. Right? Or it's just me. God has a plan and a purpose for you. Just say yes to him. I don't know what your excuses are. You know what? The more we have excuses before God, the more it becomes difficult for us. The more we say no, the longer we will stay in the wilderness. The faster we learn from God, the faster we obey, the shorter we will be in wilderness. Unless you enjoy in the desert. I don't enjoy the desert. It's hot. The four hours I spent, more than four hours I spent with my son when we were in the desert, waiting for us to be rescued was very horrible. There's no shade. Middle of the desert, dusty. You want that? I don't like it. Amen? Now, I'd like to share with you uh, a song. I will not sing. I will just show it to you. Okay, because you know when, you, when God sets you free, you cannot help but shout from the rooftop and tell everybody how God set you free. When God pulled you out from the dominion of darkness and transferred you into the kingdom, into his kingdom, you can't help but tell everybody how God has set you free. Can we tell God, Lord, I am yours? If you are, this, if you are here this morning and you still cannot confidently say, God, I am yours, I'd like to invite you to this short prayer. Prayer is talking to God. Telling God your heart. It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. But you know what? God listens to our prayer. Lord Jesus, I come to you this morning. Lord, I would like to invite you into my heart. And so that me or I too can say, can claim that I am yours. Will you forgive me of all of my sins and make me the person you want me to be? Just like Moses, I had many excuses, but Lord, this morning, I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. Father God, this morning I pray for each and every one of us here. Lord, I pray that you will continue to reveal your plan and purpose in our lives. Some of us, Lord God, may have a lot of excuses. But thank you, Lord God, that for every excuse that we make, 
you always have an answer. Lord, I pray that you will lead us, Lord God, to the place where you want us to be, Lord God. And I pray for those who are not yet in a small group. I pray, dear God, that we will have that, that enthusiasm. We will have that, that interest. We will have that desire to be part of a small group so that my spiritual life would grow and allow us, Lord God, to be discipled by somebody else. Thank you, Lord God, and we commit the rest of the, the discussions that we have this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, in CCF, we do not pass around the offering plate, but we have an offering box at the back. So if you are led by the Lord okay, to give, please do so. Remember, the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So for our discussion this evening, uh, this afternoon, Okay, has God spoken to you, asked you to do something or give up something you are holding on so dearly? Second question, did you immediately say yes or made excuses? Share with your group struggles you had. And I would encourage you to please find a partner and pray for each other. Amen?